Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about the Space for Art Foundation with help from its founding director, NASA astronaut Nicole Stott. You'll also learn about how screen time can be a social lifesaver for kids in lockdown. And we'll answer a listener question about which is worse, mold or cleaning products. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Yesterday, astronaut Nicole Stott told us how going to space changed her perspective on life here on Earth. Today, Nicole is back to tell us how she's been communicating that message since returning home, with art. Nicole Stott is a former NASA astronaut who's been on two missions to space, including a long-duration mission on the International Space Station. She's also the author of the new book, Back to Earth, What Life in Space Taught Me About Our Home Planet and Our Mission to Protect It. After retiring from NASA, Nicole helped to found the Space for Art Foundation, a nonprofit that works to unite a planetary community of children through the awe and wonder of space exploration and the healing power of art. We asked her about it. This is something that kind of evolved, at least for me, out of, I had the opportunity to paint while I was in space. That's, that was an incredible experience, painting with watercolors on the space station. You know, it's different floating balls of water versus dipping your brush in a cup of water. I mean, it was really, you can't paint in front of the window because at 17,500 miles an hour, what you want to paint's gone before you can get <laughs> the brush to the paper. But I kind of think about that as it, the ways that we put the human in human spaceflight, right? You know, and people have been doing art and playing music and writing poetry and, of course, photography since the very beginning of human spaceflight. But when I was thinking about retiring from NASA, I just kept coming back to that painting in space and thinking, man, art is just such a wonderful universal communicator. I could use art to share this experience. And long story short, that involved, you know, evolved to getting involved with um, an artist, Ian Sion, at a hospital, a pediatric cancer center in Houston, where he did all these really wonderful large scale art projects with kids that were in, in treatment there. And they, he would always take like the little pieces of art and make something big, like a big dragon or mural, or we ended up doing spacesuits. And our spacesuit company that made that real spacesuit that I used to do my spacewalk, ILC Dover has volunteered with us since the beginning to help pull these kids art together. We like to think of ourselves like we are uniting a planetary community of children through the awe and wonder of space exploration and the healing power of art. So space art and healing, space-themed art therapy, however you want to think of it. But I feel like I'm on my next mission. Like I got to go to space so I could work on these projects with these kids. And a couple of our suits have flown to the International Space Station and back. The kids have gotten to see them there. They've had exchanges with the crew members that have been really awesome to see happen. And Underlying all of it is really, I think, the wellness, the, this connection between personal and planetary health, the idea that thinking about exploration, be staying curious, really does help these kids transcend what they're going through in the hospital or the refugee center in a way that allows them to think very positively about their own future. And I could talk all day about this, too. <laughs> But check it out. Thanks for asking. I really appreciate it. I think it fits beautifully, too, with the whole theme of the book, which in the end is planet Earthling, thin blue line, be a crewmate and, uh, you know, find your path to action that fits in your life to be that crewmate here on Spaceship Earth. 
If you're interested in participating in the Space for Art Foundation, you can check it out at spaceforartfoundation.org. Again, that was Nicole Stott, former NASA astronaut and author of the new book, Back to Earth, What Life in Space Taught Me About Our Home Planet and Our Mission to Protect It. You can find a link to pick it up in the show notes. Screen time can be high on the list of a parent's worries. People claim that too much screen time will make kids and teens less social and more depressed, among other things. But according to recent research, it's all about what kind of screen time kids are getting. The study finds that in some cases, screen time might even make kids less lonely. This research took place during the very beginning of the COVID-19 lockdowns in Peru back in April 2020. Researchers from Berkeley University began studying the online activity of 735 teenagers in order to find out if the quality of their screen time, specifically of their online interactions, had an effect on their loneliness during this period of intense isolation. So they gave the teens a series of surveys. They had the participants report how many hours they'd spent on a screen and rate the quality of their online interactions as either positive or negative. They also rated how lonely they felt. The teens had a pretty diverse set of online experiences. Girls spent the most time on social media and messaging apps. The boys focused on video games, and both groups watched their fair share of online videos. Regardless of the activity, the researchers found that teens who reported more positive online interactions felt less lonely, while those who experienced more negative interactions felt more lonely, though most people reported more positive than negative interactions. More screen time just magnified these trends. The longer they spent with a screen, the more positive and negative experiences the participants had, which meant the more or less lonely they felt. The researchers say that it's the quality of online interactions, either positive or negative, that seems to contribute to loneliness. Endlessly doom-scrolling social media can certainly have a negative impact on a person's well-being. But meaningful interactions with friends and family online during the lockdowns went a long way toward making people feel less alone. The result is much more nuanced than screen time is good or screen time is bad. Instead, the study suggests that the amount of screen time is less important than the quality of what's on the screen. We got a listener question from Molly, who writes, My boyfriend and I just had a little issue. Our window air conditioner got moldy and he sprayed it with Lysol. But now we can only smell Lysol. It got me wondering, which is worse to breathe in, Lysol or mold? Obviously, both are bad, but maybe one is worse than the other? Maybe science has an answer. Great question, Molly. I mean, yes, both are bad. It would be great if we had side-by-side comparisons of the immediate and long-term health effects of each. But unfortunately, there's actually way more research out there on the harms of cleaning products than there is about mold. Still, we do know some things. The harms of mold vary widely depending on the species, the environment, and the individual. Some otherwise healthy people can react to mold with symptoms like a stuffy nose, wheezing, coughing, and itchy eyes and skin. Some don't have any reaction at all. 
But if you have a mold allergy, asthma, or certain immune conditions, your symptoms could be a lot worse. There's also a possibility that early mold exposure could lead some children to develop asthma. Despite what you may have heard about the dangers of black mold, you can't actually tell how dangerous a mold is by color. The CDC's advice is to treat all mold as potentially dangerous and to try to get rid of it with professional help if necessary. That will usually involve strong cleaning products, which have their own well-documented health risks. A 2017 study found that nurses who used disinfectants like bleach and quaternary ammonium compounds, that's the active ingredient in Lysol, at least once a week increased their risk of developing COPD, a serious lung condition, by up to a third. And then consider the results of a 2018 study from Europe that followed more than 6,000 people for 20 years. It found that the more an individual worked with cleaning products, especially cleaning sprays, the greater their declines in lung function over time. So if mold and cleaning products are both bad for your lungs, what should you do? Well, according to the CDC, you should first remove any moldy items from the area. Once mold starts to grow in porous surfaces, that's the only way to deal with it. On hard surfaces, you can use a dilution of no more than one cup of bleach in one gallon of water. Open doors and windows to let in fresh air and make sure you wear gloves. And in the future, try to ward off mold growth by keeping everything cool and dry and try switching to milder cleaning products. You'd be surprised what stuff like vinegar, baking soda, and regular old soap can do. Thanks for your question, Molly. If you have a question, send it in to curiosity at discovery.com or leave us a voicemail at 312-596-5208. Ah, well, this podcast was a breath of fresh air, if I do say so myself. And Ashley, before we recap all those fresh takes we had, why don't you give us a sneak peek at what the listener will hear next week on Curiosity Daily? Ooh, it'll be even fresher. Next week, you'll learn how a newly discovered manuscript changes what we know about the legend of Merlin, why breaks heal faster than sprains, how potty training cows could help the environment, why a fear of blood makes you faint while other phobias just make your heart race, and more. Okay, so now let's recap what we learned today. We learned that NASA astronaut Nicole Stott painted with watercolors in space. I'm not jealous. You're jealous. <laughs> and she did it on the International Space Station. And when she got back to Earth, she decided that art was a universal communicator she could use to help share her experience in space. And we hope that our conversation will inspire you to, as she said, find your path to action that fits in your life to be a crewmate here on Spaceship Earth. Yeah, science art is the coolest Back way before I, you know, worked for Curiosity or even before anybody paid me to write about science, I wrote for a blog that talked about the intersections of art and science. So this is very close to my heart. And if you're interested in how art and science intersect, in addition to checking out the Space for Art Foundation, which is super cool, check out the hashtag SciArt, S-C-I-A-R-T, on Twitter there is a ton of cool like art, illustrations, paintings of anything from chemical reactions to dinosaurs to everything in between. It's there's a lot going on in, in that hashtag. And I love it so much. 
Nice. And we learned when it comes to screen time, quality is more important than quantity. Researchers surveyed teens in Peru during the April 2020 lockdowns, and they found that those who had more positive experiences online felt less lonely, while those with more negative experiences felt more lonely. But most people had positive experiences. This reminds me of when I first moved to Chicago and I didn't really have any friends except for my two roommates. And Halo 3 came out and I had played so much Halo 2 in the dorms with a bunch of my friends. Yes. They had, of course, graduated. They all were on Xbox Live playing with each other. And I just had a part time job at Starbucks. I did not have a lot of money. But when it came out, I didn't even have an Xbox 360. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to buy this. And I bought the console and I bought the game and I started playing online with my friends. Like, a few nights a week. And it was really good for me. And uh, it got me through several months that would have otherwise been very lonely. Now you could look at that and say, well, Cody, you could have been going out and meeting people, but I just, I just wasn't, I wasn't good at that. (laughs) And I didn't have a lot of money to like spend to to go places. And I I just didn't, that just wasn't in my vocabulary at the time. So, So it was a good investment. Thank you. Yeah, I think it was a good investment. I think context matters. And it reminds me of something that at the start of the pandemic, I went to see a therapist and he talked to me about how you should eliminate good versus bad from your vocabulary. Saying something's good or saying something's bad isn't necessarily helpful. What you should think of things as appropriate versus inappropriate is how I'm reacting to something appropriate or inappropriate is how I'm behaving appropriate or inappropriate. And I think that goes to screen time too, right? Like is me picking up my phone and mindlessly scrolling Reddit at one in the morning before I go to bed? Well, that's probably inappropriate. But if I pick it up to text some of my friends because I haven't talked to a human being all day because I work from home, then maybe that's a little bit more appropriate. So try to put things in those terms instead of this like universally applicable good versus bad. And it may help you make some better decisions as well. Yeah, I like it. Thanks. Well, what I don't like is mold and cleaning products. Boo! They're both bad for your lungs. Both can cause irritation and asthma symptoms. And cleaning products have been linked to serious lung conditions and declines in lung function. So, your best bet is to avoid mold altogether by keeping your living space cool and dry. But if you do need to clean up mold, get rid of any porous materials that are moldy and clean hard surfaces with diluted bleach not cleaning sprays, which can irritate the lungs. Then consider switching to milder cleaning products like soap, vinegar, and baking soda. Cody, I just, this, this story, like all of my cleaning products are spray bottles, all of them. And like, turns out spray bottles are the very worst thing you can do. I just, you know, I'm going to go to the hippie store and buy all the... (laughs) All the mild natural products, although I bet those are bad, too. You know, just, yeah, vinegar, baking soda, soap, not vinegar and baking soda at the same time, because if you remember from high school science class, those neutralize each other. So you kind of are missing the point when you do that. But if you do one or the other or just soap, you'll be good. Yeah. And uh, look before you shoot. You know, there's the saying in woodworking, measure twice, cut once. Well, aim twice, shoot once with the spray. In my old apartment in the city, our kitchen had, you know, one of the counters that separated the kitchen and the dining room kind of area. That's where our table was. The number of times I was sitting there, and I'd like put my plate down and it'd start to eat or whatever. 
And my wife would be in the kitchen cleaning, which is wonderful. She helps us keep our home very clean. So do I. She would come over and spray the counter and just cleaning product would just fly right at me. Oh, like, no. The table. I'm like, what are you doing? And this happened like three days in a row. So I finally just started to eat on the couch. I'm like, look, <laughs> we need target practice. Uh, but please be mindful of that kind of stuff. I, I know it's easy for us to just, you know, grab the spray, you know, get everything wiped off. But uh, there's collateral damage sometimes. Definitely. Yeah, that's no good. No good. No good. The writer for today's Screen Time story was Cameron Duke. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who is also a writer and audio editor on today's episode. Our producer and lead audio editor is Cody Goff. Have a great weekend. Wax on, wax off. Then join us again Monday to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious.